0: Truck companion This is episode 152. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm
1: Adam Caesar. And I'm Stephen Embry.
0: And today we're discussing the original series' first season episodes, What Are Little Girls Made Of?, Miri, and Dagger of the Mind.
1: Here we go. Wow what are little girls made of season one episode seven production code 10 original air date october 20th 1966 directed by james goldstone written by robert block music composed by fred steiner guest cast include michael strong as dr roger corby sherry jackson as andrea ted cassidy as ruck harry bosch as dr brown vince dedrick as security guard matthews and bud albright as security guard rayburn
2: On Stardate 2712.4, the Enterprise, Enterprise travels to the icy planet of Exo-3 to search for exobiologist Dr. Roger Corby, known as the Louis Pasteur of archaeological medicine. Corby is the fiancé of Dr. McCoy's temporary assistant, nurse Christina Chappell, who has been searching for a missing lover for quite some time and signed on to the Enterprise just for this reason.
1: You've created your own, Kirk. Why do you need me? I created him to him you,
2: not to replace
1: you. I'm impressed, Doctor, but not the way you think.
0: <laughs> what are little girls made of? Uh, I've talked about how you know you've got these obvious, <sighs> incredible episodes of the original series. You know, sitting on the edge forever, whatever. Um, but there's this huge grouping of incredible episodes uh, that kind of get lost. I think in in that sometimes just because there's so many of those amazing ones but there's just this group of incredible episodes that are so good and hold up so well. Uh, and that those are the thing the, these episodes like what are little girls made up these are the kind of episodes I think that 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 have that turn transform star trek from a show with a few great episodes to one of the you know greatest moments in all of television. Um, there's so many of these and it's easy to forget that. Um, it's easy for the quality of what are little girls made of to be overlooked, you know, in, in Star Trek. But I think this episode is really, really good. I think there's a lot about it that could have made it bad <laughs> um, that because there's so many different characters. There's so many different plot threads. There's so much stuff going on then that normally that's the kind of thing I would think maybe wouldn't be so great. Uh, but here I think it's just fantastic and I think it holds up incredibly well and there's a lot to like in this episode. Uh, Adam, what are some of your first thoughts on what a little verse made of?
2: Um, I'd agree with you, Brian. Um, this is a very good episode. Um, I think it has a lot to say. It talks, I think, a lot when we get into what it's about. There's going to be, you know, it's, to me it's kind of like it's questioning what life is. You know, you have these Roger Corby who is, you know, making these, um, androids and, you know, he thinks they're alive and he wants to spread them across the, the galaxy. Obviously that's kind of his goal, but in the episode, I think it kind of asks what, what is life? What is life? And, um, there's also a moral question in here. Um, like, um, how far do you go to save a life? I mean, you know, how, in, I, I kind of think, you know, cause there's kind of a line is, are these replicants human? Are they not? human you know we get further into that with roger corby is he actually roger corby or is he the um the duplicate the robot um and on a lighter note this episode literally has one of my favorite laugh out loud (laughs) of all time Kirk or Shatner with his, I'll just say phallic. I won't call it what I think it looks like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. so. Yes. It's, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's fun. It's kind of, it's actually, I don't, I know it wasn't intended for this, but you know, this, this episode's pretty serious. It's kind of dealing with um, kind of heavy themes. And then you kind of have, to me, it's just kind of like, you have this, this point where you can just like, kind of, <laughs> I just laugh out loud. So, like, There's I just, another
0: moment actually that, that makes me laugh out loud. I think just cause it's so fast. Um, Whenever um, Andrea says, I will kiss you. And then Android Kirk says, no, it is illogical. And then she just shoots him. <laughs> 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 it's so like immediate. Uh, well, every time, actually.
2: You know, this episode is primarily Kirk the whole time. I mean, you know, when
1: yeah, it's yeah.
2: off the ship. he's got They got kind of more like side roles um, in this episode. Um, Christina Chapel has a, has a pretty meaty role. But um, yeah, it's pretty much Kirk driven. Well, this is another one of
0: those. There's a lot of these these episodes of the original series where, like, they find some some super famous scientist or or you know physicist or 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 uh, doctor or or whatever. There's so many of these. Sometimes they're lost, like this episode. He hasn't been seen for five years. I think uh, Dagger of the Mind. It's it's coming across. You know, Doctor Adams, who is famous, but you know, just way out, way out.
2: Uh, Revered people.
0: Yeah, like they all—they always seem to come across
1: people like that. That happens a lot in this show. Um, Steve, what are some of your thoughts here on that? Uh, I agree with what's been said. I think it's uh, entertaining. It's, it certainly creates this feel that you've got this you get that vibe which that it's a world down there that's this ancient i mean beyond just the dialogue but that there's this ancient civilization there's the remnants of it and this Uh kind of this this world building feel and i think it's a lot of it has to do with the uh the verbiage used and and the uh ideas and this kind of recollection on the part of the android like ruck that's you know, there's this ancient history. Yeah, he history tells about like their history and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so I think that that's that's fun from a sci-fi perspective. That kind of vibe when you when you have this feel that there's this whole world that's you know beyond what we're that we're just touching on. I think that's interesting. Yeah,
0: that's an that's an interesting moment because there's uh, there's already so much going on in this episode, and still, this is toward the end even, and still, it's like, oh, and here's this here's this history of our civilization and you know and kirk obviously you know this this episode has a, does a lot to show you how well kirk can size up situations i suppose this is these are the kind of things that make him a good leader but he, he's so he's so effective he's so fast you know he knows exactly what to bring up he's the one who brings up the stuff the history so that that ruck starts talking about it but he knows he knows how to bring that up and direct it so that uh you know it makes ruck start to uh doubt corby uh, he earlier he knows exactly what to do to to um, get Andrea to start having problems. Earlier, even earlier than that, you know, he hears um, Corby say something about the way the the mind transfer works for the android, and he gets a sense. He, he just he very quickly intuits that you know what what uh, Corby has planned as far as this kirk android and that he's going to make a kirk android even you know and he quickly throws out that bit about spock you half breed or whatever um so definitely this is the kind of episode that that reminds you you know kirk is the star but also kirk himself is a great leader and as usual i, I did kind of wonder the the scene where you see like the android kirk being created and it's like an overhead shot and they're spinning mm-hmm. it kind of looks like shatner's hairpiece comes off a little bit
2: you guys think that yeah, it's a, it's a shadow. He was a little bit off-center because I noticed that too. I was like, is this here? Because
0: I don't know how it's much... the only I time I remember thinking that, yeah.
2: But it's actually because he's a little off-center and there's like a the curved shadow, but yeah, I, I agree that... It's, oh, okay. Because like, I actually stopped it and rewired. I was like, "What?"
0: This is about as featured as Chapel ever gets, I think. Yeah. Um, so the, just one more little thing to to kind of enjoy about this episode is just this, you know, again, that we have these... Our, all our characters kind of have these his, this history. I loved. Last thing I'll say before we get to what it's about, I um, I like the Roger Corb. There's a scene where Corby and Ruck. <laughs> I keep wanting to say <laughs> keep what because my computer auto-corrected Ruck to Rock. <laughs> so I keep picturing like Corby with the you know like the background purple sixty look. So it's like Cor- Corby and Kirk and Dwayne Johnson is one of that is that, that that is not this episode. Um, but there's a scene with um Corby and Ruck and Kirk, um, where Corby is is kind of explaining things to Kirk, kind of near the beginning, um, and uh, that's immediately followed by an Andrea Chapel moment. And there's this whole great thing in there, you know. Obviously, uh, Chapel shows a little jealousy there with um Corby, and they don't exactly come out and say it, but they make it pretty clear that. Andrea was created kind of for one purpose, <laughs> which is weird. But just there definitely is action in this episode. You can tell they put that in. There's a little, there's a chase sequence, blah blah blah. Um, there's definitely plenty of action for action fans. But there's all the best stuff in this episode are just people talking. You know, this this is this is this is, this, is, this is good Star Trek, folks. That's what I wanted to get at. This is really good Star Trek, uh, and we can get into exactly why right now when we talk about what it's about.
2: Oh, I, I wanted to mention. I also kind of I I enjoyed the end scene where Corby and um, what was the character's name? The girl Andrea you said.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, they kind of leave it ambiguous. Is 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 he human? Is he not human? Because he, you know, he pulls the trigger. Um, what, what did you guys think about that scene? I mean, at the end where he kills them both, commits kind of basically suicide, killing her as well or the android. Well, I
0: think, I thought it was because because Kirk. You know, Kirk, he's kind of like he does in a lot of episodes where he um, convinces the computer that it's so fallible that it <laughs>
1: that it has <laughs> he, to. Destroy he's always it. talking computers to death, you know. Yeah, <laughs> talk, right,
0: right. There, that's a better way of saying it. He talks the computers <laughs> to death, and that's kind of what happens here, right? Because Corby is a computer, and he he mm-hmm. makes Corby realize that um, it's not you, human. You're trying to say this is the better way when, in fact, you're you killed um, Ruck, and she killed the android kirk and um you know obviously you are flawed you're killing people um you're you're exactly the flaw that you're saying you're trying that you're better than or whatever you know and and i think once he kind of realizes that that's when he does turn over his phaser to um to kirk uh and then maybe kind of the ultimate expression of that realization is whenever he uses andrea's phaser to uh rid the universe of the last of these androids from this planet is that how you read it Steve
1: yeah yeah I um I thought that was interesting and um yeah it's fine as far as the what it's about I mean I think it's it as we kind of alluded to throughout the discussion it's it's what Star Trek often does the original series often does and it tries to get at the meaning of life kind of the notion of um you know, I think "Therefore I Am" in this kind of idea, and I think a lot of this has to do with the, the era in which the original series took place, and it's the dawn of computers, and 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 to some extent the fear that surrounded them and what it meant for humanity and that kind of idea. And I think I think that this episode touches on that a little bit. Adam, what do you got for what it's about?
2: Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, yeah, I, like I said, I think it's a lot about what life is, and that's what a lot about the show is. I think um. At least for our age group, who didn't, you know, grow up necessarily seeing these the first time around, or even in the '70s, we didn't see them until the '80s. So we saw this along with Next Generation. So I think maybe when I was watching Next Generation, I took the kind of Next Gen episodes that kind of dealt with this for granted. I don't know. I guess they just feel a little bit more weighty in this in this series. It has a little bit more depth and um, drama to it about talking about what life is especially in this episode maybe that's what makes, sets this episode apart like you were saying earlier in, in the podcast brian but um i think it does a good job of really talking about exploring life and what it is and, and how it can evolve and all those things that we've been talking about
0: cool all right let's do uh six degrees for what a little girls made of uh, steve you going first or second i'll go first Bud Albright plays Rayburn, the security officer that listened calmly to Kirk's orders and then dies. He played Barnhart, Barnhart uh, one of the first crewmen to be killed on Star Trek by a creature looking for salt. Name the episode. Oh, uh, The Man Trap? Yep, gave you an easy one. Uh, Adam? Yes. Vince Vince uh, Diedrich plays Matthews, the first redshirt to fall off a cliff. <laughs> he will play a Romulan crewman in, up, in an upcoming episode of the original series. It's coming up pretty quick. Name it.
2: Um... Is that the balance of terror?
0: You are correct. One to one, moving on. Those were easy, huh?
1: (laughs) Mary Season 1, Episode 8, Production Code 12, original air date October 27th, 1966, directed by Vincent McAvity, written by Adrian Spies, music composed by Alexander Courage. Guest cast include Kim Darby as Mary, Jim Goodwin as Farrell, Michael J. Pollard as John, David Ross as Security Guard 1, Keith Taylor as John's friend, Ed mcready as Boy Creature, Kelly Flanagan as Blonde Girl, Stephen McAvity as Redheaded Boy, and John Megan as Little Boy.
2: The Enterprise answers an automated distress call from a planet resembling Earth in every detail. A landing party of Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and yeoman Janice Rand, and two security personnel, find an abandoned 1960s style Earth. When they examine a tricycle, they are attacked by a strong, disfigured man. After Kirk hits him three times, the man has a seizure and dies. Mysterious figure catches their attention, and they and they chase to investigate.
0: You said the grubs got sick. Is that why there aren't any of them around? Yes, they died. But that was after the awful things. A plague, Captain. That could explain a lot of it. Mary, somehow this is the episode. I think that kids can remember <laughs> I actually chose to play this episode. it wasn't the best episode today but but I chose to play this one for my uh, five-year-old because I thought that he wouldn't he would enjoy seeing all the kids in it and he did yeah um, <laughs> he was very confused by the uh, the the diseases and and it took him a while to understand why Spock didn't have it <laughs> mm-hmm. but that worked out um, I actually you know what I funny I remember about this I remember watching this one. Steve Embry in your basement in probably the not early 90s or something. Oh, yeah. On your dad's big rear projection TV, maybe mm-hmm. on Laserdisc.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this one. Yeah. Uh, original series episodes I, wa- I remember watching like that. <laughs> Steve, now that I've taken you down memory lane, why don't you start this one?
1: Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of silly crap in this episode. Um, <laughs> <It's a> silly <laughs> crap episode. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Um, but. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's, this is one of these, it's hard to get through all the nonsense. I mean, you know, in terms of just the, uh,
2: there's a lot of nonsense in this episode. Um, it's not the worst episode. I mean, I could watch it again. It's, it's got some good things, but there's, I think kind of what, what got it for me, there's a lot of things that they make you really, it goes beyond suspending my disbelief. You know, first off, this planet is earth. Okay, why is it Earth? That, that question's never really answered in this episode. It's like, okay, this, you know, if you're gonna, you're gonna have a yeah, um, that's that's if you're gonna have a second. They,
0: they do a lot to set that up, and then we never get an answer or talk about it again.
2: Yeah, and then you know that these kids have lived for I, you know, I don't mind the, the premise of the the virus that you know keeps children alive and kills adults that's the premise that didn't prompt but the fact that the <laughs> yeah, been around like idea. Years. you're okay with that, that <laughs> but, the kid- but the fact that it's been 300 years that these kids have been running around i mean like really are they just gonna eat canned beans for it just it was just too much, <laughs> it just too much for it was too much of a stretch you know even inside even in sci-fi sci- and star trek terms it's like this is a this is it's a bit ridiculous so um and uh you know the the kurt you know seducing um mirror it's kind of creepy i don't know if that's just part of the times.
0: i remember thinking that when i was younger but this time it's like every time he looks at her and there's like a close-up of his face and he's got a little smile you know yeah. a little uh-huh. exposing one eye, a little bit of a, almost a wink you know and, I mean, yeah, I, think I think it's, it's
2: just like thing the times because, you know, I think he's just flirting with her just to kind of get her to help, you know, to, to get him sure. To so, I mean, it's not like I think Kirk's gonna, you know, hey, baby it's not that it's just, it's just a touch creepy. And I think that's just a product of the times. It's not, it wasn't intended to be that way.
0: Yeah. 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 Cause I don't, like I said, I don't remember thinking it was creepy when I was <laughs> younger. You know, I, I do like, well, for one thing on Star Trek, it's nice when they go outside
2: <laughs> yeah. you know,
0: they're obviously in an actual location of some sort they're not even if it is a probably a studio backlot. but the point is they're not on a stage uh and that's always um enjoyable i like getting to see mccoy and spock doing their big investigation i really i do like the end you know i like the, the sequence where, where kirk has to go in and, and convince all these children uh to give up the the communicators and by the way it says something about him because these are just little weak kids right i mean he could probably have just <laughs> he could <have> just <laughs> them. Them all. well especially like maybe some of the <laughs> some of the older boys maybe he grabs them the right way and i don't all think right. it would have take them to give up give up the communicators but okay well, he's, he's gonna he's gonna do it right and he's gonna like you know convince them to uh to give yeah. them up <laughs> right. But I like that with all those kids there. And, and um, you know, he eventually has to say, you know, you're acting like the grups by hurting me. You're acting like the very ones that you're seeing. You, you fear you're acting that way. So is, I, I like um,
2: that. I got a question for you, Brian. I, I didn't actually did look you
0: know. it up. That's my point.
2: I didn't actually like, look at um the little girl he's holding, is that his daughter? Did I, did I remember hearing that or that reading that? Somewhere? The
0: one he picks up that that's his daughter. Ooh elizabeth i believe okay he's got another daughter in this episode too but uh, the one he picks up is elizabeth yeah it's fine i mean this isn't like a bad one i mean this isn't this is not a terrible episode it's just um it's it's fine i think it, this would have been a fine one in 1966 you know what do you guys got for what Mary is about
2: um, some of the aspects I had you know, it's basically coming of age, growing up and and entering adolescence or a young adulthood you know what what that's kind of like becoming a man or a woman. there's definitely the themes in there. it's like um I don't know kind of something else that I was thinking about is like you know you have to change and evolve to stay alive if you just stay the same you'll you'll die or I don't know kind of something that I was kind of Right so over it's like
0: two, so it's like up there with 2001: A Space Odyssey of all yeah, Die. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the 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 heaviest thing that it's about. Really, is that notion that you can't you can't stay the same forever. Sooner or later, we have to we have to move on. You know, and and for the people on this planet, uh, when they did it well, those who moved on naturally before the arrival of this crew, obviously they they died, but. Um, they ultimately found an answer. And, you know, it's... Um, I think it's maybe it's supposed to represent the, the struggle a little bit, you know, that it's uh, it's rarely easy for it to, to grow up and move I,
0: on. I would like to offer a counter-argument here, though. Weren't the people on this planet trying to evolve their species?
2: They were trying to live forever or live a long time, at least. Mm-hmm.
0: And then killed them all? Killed yeah. themselves? Yeah. yeah yes that would seem to be uh, at odds with what you guys are saying.
2: Well, in that case, I mean, not really, because if you're trying to live forever, do you really change? I mean, you know, death is a part of life, right? So I think the argument could be still made that, you know, that this this human race on planet Earth um, was, you know, trying not to change. They wanted to live forever. or Maybe that was the, um, the error that they made. No,
0: blah blah blah. You know, I, I like the idea of, of like you know like almost like um like an idiosyncratic language, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's just not really like she says something about oh it's a foolie. and then she says you know a game you know a game, and then later on the kids just say game, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like well I thought you said you know oh, never mind, you know. So they kind of blow that you know. It's for me, um, but that's just that's just the kind of. Um, Lack of follow through on this one. You know, when you talk about the previous episode, What a Little Girl Is Made Of, it does not suffer from that. You know, it was very, uh, very um, unified, coherent. But uh, yeah, I guess as you get older, bonk bonk on the head just isn't funny anymore. Yeah. That's what happens. It's just not funny anymore. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to Six Degrees for Miri. Yep, just generic trivia on this one. Nobody came back. Uh, let's see, one to one. Adam, you're going first this time.
2: Yep, I'll go first.
0: This episode's scenes, aboard the Enterprise only, feature the bridge. In how many episodes of the original series was this the case? 11, 23, or 30?
2: Um, 11? That's correct. <laughs> Look at that. Uh,
0: Steve, William Shatner's kids are featured, as one of you guys pointed out in this episode, as are another featured performers, kids, um, featured. Name this actor or actress.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well.
0: I will give you one hint. It was not Leonard Nimoy because he said he did not want to expose his children to show business, which is funny since Adam went on to be a director. (laughs) So it was not Nimoy. Who was it?
1: Oh, gosh. Um... Uh, James Dewin? No, I don't. I'm not
0: sure he was in this episode. Mm. Uh, Adam?
2: Um, kids that were in this one. Um, is it one of the? I'm gonna ask for a hint too. Is it one of the the main leads or is it a secondary?
0: Depends how you define main leads. I'd oh. say that's the case for this episode.
2: <laughs> Got you. Um, Yeoman Rand's kids were in it.
0: Well, I need the actress's name.
2: The actress's name? What the hell her
0: yeah. name? Yeah, Yeoman Rand. I don't think has any kids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I don't. I don't recall her name. off the top of my head.
0: Grace Lee Whitney.
2: Okay. All
0: right. So it's a uh, two-one move on.
1: Dagger of the Mind season 1 episode 9 production code 11 original air date November 3, 1966 directed by Vincent Macavidi music composed by Alexander Courage guest cast include James Gregory as Dr. Tristan Adams, Morgan Woodward as Dr. Simon van Gelder, Mariana Hill as Lieutenant Helen Noel, Larry Anthony as Mr. Berkeley Suzanne Watson as left, John Arndt as First Crewman, Eli Baer as Therapist, Ed McCready as Inmate, Lou Elias as Inmate Guard, Eddie Paskey as Lieutenant Leslie, and Frank DaVinci as Lieutenant Brent.
2: The Enterprise makes a supply run to planet Tantalus, a colony where the criminally insane are confined for treatment. After the Enterprise delivers supplies and receives cargo from Tantalus, a man emerges from one of the containers taken aboard and assaults a technician. When they notify Tantalus of the escapee, First Officer Spock and Chief Medical Officer Dr. McCoy are surprised to learn that the stowaway is not a patient but Dr. Simeon Van Gilder, formerly Dr. Adams' assistant, the director of the facility. Open your mind.
0: We move together. Our minds sharing the same thoughts. Go for it, Adam. Dagger the mind.
2: Dagger the mind. I thought this was a good episode. Um if it wasn't for What Little Girls Are Made Of, I thought this would have been the best episode of the day. Um kind of has similar themes in it, you know, I think you mentioned this earlier, you know, we have a, another revered doctor, Dr. Adams, who's um, done a lot for mental patients and their treatment and the facilities somebody who's done a lot of good, who kind of goes awry, kind of turns to the dark side and is um, in his quest to perfect, you know, I I think it's kind of the same with um, Corby, you know, it's in his, you know, his perfect um, being or the human, you know, condition, you know, goes too far by trying to eliminate these, you know, memories with this machine. I liked some of the scenes in there. um, Kirk's assistant, you know, I liked the, you know, when they're, when she, you know, the scenes where she was putting the, a different memory, about the night that they met together so i think there's a lot to take from this episode um and i enjoyed it
1: yeah i uh i like it too and um it is funny how they keep encountering these wacky wacky scientists who have crazy ideas but um i, I like again i kind of like the feel that there's a little bit of a um, history here you know you've got this uh uh helen noel and clearly she's got some history with kirk i think that's fun i like kind of the 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 notion that mccoy sent her up as like a little joke or something you know to go down with and that's fun you know and um and and yeah it's uh it's it's kind of it's creepy it's pretty it's pretty horrific this notion of you know in their head and they're just zoning out with this thing and this guy's just playing people i mean it's it's pretty crazy, but uh, it's definitely uh, memorable, and I, I think it's entertaining.
0: Yeah, I, I always remembered, um, there's a lot of scenes in this episode that I that I remember. Uh, I think the girl uh, that plays, who is it, Helen? Mm-hmm. Maybe she's not very good uh, or not as good. Maybe it's just because I mean, the girl that played Andrea seemed pretty strong. Um, and even, you know, we didn't seem to be in love with uh, the episode Mary, but I thought the actress that played Mary was very good.
2: Well, I think maybe that might, and then, yeah, I would agree with you a little bit, Brian, about the fact that maybe she wasn't the best, but I thought they also wrote her poor because, you know, she clearly, she goes down there and she agrees with Dr. Adams and everything that he says, and she's kind of fighting Kirk on his questioning of what's going on down there. So I don't know if that's in it was intentionally written that well i mean obviously it was intentionally written that way but i think maybe they could have done a little, a little better job yeah she's oddly character.
0: her character though so not no no I'm, I'm not talking about the actress's performance anymore but the character is odd because she's god she's so like protective of Adams from the second they get there it seems like isn't mm-hmm. that the opposite of her purpose you know right. yes. they're supposed to be investigating things he, he requested uh, a specialist to come with him she should be doing the opposite she should be you know, asking every question she can think of and prob- presumably more um, academically sound ones than um, someone with only, you know, some kind of general training like Kurt would have, would, could come up with. Um, so, yeah, she seems to be like actively um, dissuading Kurt from further investigation until all of a sudden she's with him 100%.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, I wonder if they were trying to do that just to kind of, you know, because they tried to do a little bit of a banter with it. I mean, it was kind of cute at first. Um, You know, you know, Kirk's like, she better be the best assistant. And they kind of had that a little bit back and forth. But I think they might have just taken it too far. I didn't know if she was just being not combative, but just disagreeable with Kirk just because they were trying to make this Kind of tension between them. It just didn't quite ever work out.
0: You know, as far as it, it is a pretty horrific kind of thing. This this neural neutralizer. Yeah. Say that five times fast. Hmm. Um, you know the effects it has. When all those scenes with Van Gelder, it's a little over the top, and there may be one too many of those scenes. But I thought he was his performance was pretty effective, and and made the abilities of the machines seem incredibly scary. I mean, especially later when you learn how it works. And then you see him, you know, you can tell that he's trying to say these things and it brings him pain, which is exactly what they talk about. later. But, you know, um, you know,
2: we have the, the mind meld scene. It's really good. Yeah.
0: We can't talk about this episode without talking about that the first mind meld. Obviously, the original series has a lot of firsts for Star Trek. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, this is the first mind meld. And it's one of those things. It's like it's all there. OK, he, he even he doesn't literally say, like, my mind to your mind, but he gets pretty close. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. He says stuff like that's pretty darn close to that.
2: Yeah, um, this one was a little bit more intimate than what they kind of finally settled on.
0: That's something I was thinking about, too, is, God, how hard that sort of thing must be for a, for an actor. You know, Nimoy really sells uh, sells Spock, and he really sells that mind meld. And, and the Van Gelder actor uh, certainly helps him out with that. But, God, that that must be a really difficult thing. I try to imagine doing that. Being that close to somebody with a camera and a whole crew behind it, and all these hot lights on you—yeah, um, mm-hmm. you're yeah, touching his face. crazy. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, talking. it's crazy. And and then to do that like repeatedly and be just as into it, you know, it's, it's, I did laugh a little bit whenever uh, Helen finds the big off switch. <laughs> 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 yeah, that seemed like you know, like the Death Star. You know, if I was building it, I don't think I would have put that in. Uh, yeah you know this episode has enough uh, enough going for it yeah i I agree that it's kind of the the middle of the three today and i didn't i didn't hate miri i just thought uh, i think this is a is a fine uh dagger the mind is a fine fine episode a a little bit above let's say miri is average this one's a little bit above average and then uh what a little girl's made of is is way up there but i think dagger of the mind holds up well enough I think that it's it's one of those that I that I remember particularly well. You guys got a favorite scene in this episode?
2: Um, I think it's probably the mind meld scene. I mean, just for obvious yeah. reasons, first one, and it's um, I am um, I, I don't recall when we see the next one. I don't know when they kind of just settle on just the one hand. Um, on the yeah, I was just kind of moved by it, just the intimacy of it, and what you were talking about, Brian, how difficult that might have been for the actors to to pull that off over and over again. So no, my one, not
0: necessarily seat. complaint, but my my wish, I suppose, for that scene—they kind of cut away in the middle of it. I felt mm-hmm. like that kind of took some of the power out of it. Like I would have liked to have just stayed in the, on that scene instead of cutting down back down to the planet and then back up to the mine mill. That's a minor complaint. Steve, you got a favorite scene?
1: Yeah, I like that one. I, w- I would say that's probably. I also enjoyed the scenes like uh, where the, the the neural neutralizer's going, and there's the yeah, that was pretty intense when they're down there and they're holding dr noel back and she's trying to and he's writhing around kirk is and all that stuff but uh yeah
0: you know it's pretty uncomfortable whenever they they realize that adams was left in there uh with him on full blast where they run in there and it's like it's a little bit convoluted or confusing that he died of loneliness i suppose but um Empty, empty brain syndrome empty yeah i guess but 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 it is pretty heavy it does seem like a pretty horrific way to die what were you about to say adam
2: I was going to say, you know, to a lesser extent, I, I kind of, I enjoyed the, the early on in the episode where you had McCoy who was questioning what was happening, and he, you know, he kept prodding Kirk to, you know, investigate this, and he finally is like, well, it's going to go on my report, so you have to answer it. I just like, oh yeah, um, I know it's, it's not like, it, it just to me, it's that relationship thing, how they work mm-hmm. together.
0: Mm-hmm. That was really cool that that you kind of see how
2: how a ship works and the captain can't just always do what he wants to do or have the last word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys
0: got for the, what this is about?
2: Go ahead, Steve. I went first last
1: time. Oh, I'm trying to uh, come <laughs> up with something. <laughs>
2: I think a lot of it about it, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, a lot of it, it's, it's to me, it's a little bit similar to what girls are, what little girls are made of. Um, you know, you have the mad scientist here who, who's trying to, um, in a way perfect life. And it just, it makes him go insane. You know, it's kind of like the opposite happens of, you know, I, I suspect that this, you know, he was revered and he's done a lot of good work and, you know, he wasn't for no reason, but at some point this doctor became what he was trying to, um, cure. And so in his, in his goal to perfect and treat people, you know, he went, he went awry. Um, and it's, You know, you can't, you can't remove to me. You know, you can't remove memories, or you can't remove parts of humanity to make yourself better. It's just you more or less have to to deal with them like everybody else.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good take on it. That that the notion that if you start trying to uh, manipulate just to too much of an ex to too much of an extent the the human brain to the point where you're just picking and choosing what you know, what you don't know, what you remember, what you can say, then um, you're doing more harm than good. you know ultimately we all have to learn to to cope with with these things and find ways to, to deal with things and not just we, we don't have that luxury nor and, and to be able to just take pick and choose and take away that kind of stuff that would change who we are as human beings it, we would no longer be what we generally think of as human beings like
2: kirk said i need my pain
1: mm-hmm. yes it does seem
0: like we had a little bit more for what this was about than say miri so by the standards of our show that means dagger the line holds up a bit better and i think that's accurate all right let's do six degrees for dagger of the mind. Oh gosh. I believe Adam has two and Steve has one. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So Steve, you get to choose. Do you want the, uh, hmm, do you want the easy one or the hard hard one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you want the You want the easy one? Right. I thought you'd be more, um, gracious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Morgan no, Woodward
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <Each other win>. <laughs> Mor- <laughs> Morgan Woodward plays Dr. Van Gelder, the guy that must talk through a lot of pain before getting the first Vulcan mind melt. He will, let her play. he will later play Ronald Tracy in the original series The Omega Glory in which season of the original series?
1: Oh, geez. Is that the third?
0: No. I thought this was the easier one. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if I should give Adam. I'm not going to give Adam this one.
2: I'll say two. Uh, though.
0: Season yeah, two. Yeah, it was, it, it was two. All
2: right.
0: That's uh, all right, Adam. Here's the really tough question. This episode references Christmas. What's the next time Star Trek will reference Christmas?
2: Um, generations. I no wow. <laughs> that was great. I knew that.
0: <laughs> you didn't know that was true? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was
2: hard. I thought that well, was I, don't, I, mean, that's the only thing I could remember so that's what I went with. I was like there's it's like 30 <laughs> years later before they did Christmas again. There were a <laughs> episodes in between so <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. Well, Adam takes care for the day.
2: A fun night, guys. Yeah,
0: yeah I hope this episode comes together cleanly uh, list since we had technical issues again. And and Steve and Adam, I appreciate your uh, your your patience with uh, with all this. And I really am enjoying doing the original series. Uh, gosh. It's just it's so good. It's so mm-hmm. damn good. We're going to be back in two weeks to do the next three episodes of the original series, and we are still going in now, you know, broadcast order. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Jeremy emailed – because remember, I was confused. That's the, the gentleman that invited me to that Trek party. But I was like, I can't remember how he said he was watching. Him. He did email and said He's watching Star Trek completely chronologically, so not like Enterprise in the original series. I mean like whatever takes place at that time. So he's jumping around series if they jumped around in time. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, interesting. Okay. That seems like it. So if you be-
0: found some resource that that said – Here's the, here's the order to watch the episodes if you want to go, like, farthest back in time to in the future, right? Yeah. So he's, he's he's watching them like that. So that, that's All the right. order that he's running. Uh Okay, so we're going to be back in two weeks to do the next three episodes. And um, until then, um, everybody register to vote if you're in the United States. If you're registered, plan to vote. I'm not telling you who to vote for, but it's important that you vote whoever you support.
2: And go Cubs!
0: and yeah yeah right and and the opposite for the Giants (laughs) all right uh, till next time thanks for listening and take it easy
2: bye guys yeah
0: I passed it.